Howdy, and welcome to Grind My Metal Gears, a Metal Gear Solid playthrough podcast. I am joined, oh, I am Austin, <laughs> your host, uh, joined as always by Metal Gear expert, Danny. I mean, I'm joined by Akiba, I mean, Johnny, <laughs> I mean, the shitting and farting guy. Uh, Austin, I knew that you were going to say all of that because I share senses with you, mm. except sometimes part of us shits their brains out because for some reason they're not in sync with us. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to be really upset about my uncle father, father uncle, the, the colonel. My, my funkle. My funkle. And his extremely young remarried wife. Who, <laughs> like, just left her husband, like, immediately prior, and I was, like, consoling her, and one thing led to another... Uh, the Colonel fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That does remind me, though, th this game kind of, I think, purposely tricks you into thinking more time has passed because Snake is visibly old now and the world seems to have changed so much since um, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Uh, but do you know off the top of your head how many in-game years it's been five. since the events of Sons of Liberty? Yeah, five years. Um, and it's been nine years since the events of Shadow Moses. Yeah. Um, do you know what year Guns of the Patriots is supposed to take place in? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, 2014, which means OG Metal Gear, or OG Metal Gear Solid took place in 2005. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Just saw that there's a fictional chronology <laughs> uh, listed on the MGS4 Wikipedia page. So it's like, oh yeah, that's right. These, this was only five years after uh, Sons of Liberty, which I guess a lot can happen in five years. What's interesting is that, um, so Metal Gear Solid 1 was like 98, 99? 99. Yeah. And it's set in 2005, so six years of like difference in terms of uh, release and like when it's set. Uh, Sons of Liberty was 2001 and it's set in like 2007, 2009, depending on the tanker or the plant. Yeah. Uh, so like eight years, give or take, you know, six to eight years. And then this is made in 2008 uh, and is set in 2014. So it's always like in the near future. And like roughly, yeah. like between five and eight years out, kind of thing. I have a request. Yeah, I don't know if this will play well for audio listeners, but I've been wanting us to do this thing, and I couldn't find it when we were recording the last episode. But I found it. Uh, I am going to share my screen for me and you to watch a thing and comment. Okay. This is Metal Gear Solid Four E3 2006 teaser 20 uh, 2080p highest quality ever. 2080p uh, that's a different number than i'm reading but t 1080p <laughs> <laughs> i think i got confused with 2006 and then oh, 1080 yeah. and everyone's just like oh 2080 um if you don't know um danny o'dwyer from no clip like came into possession of a bunch of like games tapes from GameSpot and has been like archiving those okay. so this is literally like straight from the tape that like or like disc or whatever like GameSpot would have been given during e3 in 2006 so that they could have like the highest possible quality version of this to then like encode and upload to their website or whatever mm. but this is this is the trailer that i was like oh this made me go like what the fuck is metal gear um so i'm gonna hit play actually let me do a countdown in case you along at home wanna wanna listen so i'll do a three two one uh, three two one go oh it's a japanese it's old snake god akio otsuka is so good <laughs> Yeah, no. And it's basically doing the, the intro uh lines from the uh from the 
what's it called? Yeah. The act one. Yeah, he said the thing, war, war has changed. Yeah, fuck, fuck you, Todd Howard. <laughs> yeah, fuck Fallout 3. I said it again, war has changed. ID tag soldiers carry ID tag weapons, use ID tag gear. Can you, did the English versions of Metal Gear Solid games let you toggle voice acting to um, Japanese? I don't know, actually. I've not checked. I don't think the modern ones do. Like, yeah, I bet MGS5 lets you. Probably. I know you can in Death Stranding because I'm listening to it with uh, Kendra Asuda. Mm. Yeah. Because I was just thinking it'd be fun to replay these games in Japanese. But yeah, there's like Cyborg Ninjas. There's fucking like bipedal mechs. Just imagine me at how old was I? 2006, 10 years old. <laughs> Being like, what the fuck is this? Snake also looks less old. <laughs> yeah. Well, overall, like this game doesn't. Like graphically doesn't look as good in this trailer as like the finished game. Yeah, it's kind of the frame rate's kind of chuggy. Yeah, and Naomi looks completely different. Oh yeah, that's wild. I mean, this is like two years before the game came out. Yeah, Colonel looks the same. Yeah, I don't like this font, by the way. You don't? I do. Which does end up in the final game. Oh, Meryl looks like shit. Oh my god. Oh yeah, like the brushstroke font. Mm. The anus is ours. I like it for the um mission briefing things mm. i do like that you know because like uh raiden famously the character they did not show for mgs2 i do like that they're just out and about like nope raiden's back in this one and he's a cyborg now well and he like i don't even think they really like he just is a fucking um a cyborg like it's not like at the end of mgs2 he's like i'm gonna go become a a cyborg yeah. ninja snake he just like does that by himself also, fun fact, I mean, he, uh, this shot is a spoiler, not just for the gun thing, but uh, Snake's face is a spoiler. Oh, oh like, they're zooming out, showing the crowd, or the, you know, what the crowd would see. This Man, in 2006, fun. it was cool to just have a bunch of flat screen TVs on a wall. Yes. Still is, but we've forgotten our, our past. Mm. I thought you, I deadass thought you were about to say, we've forgotten the face of our fathers, and I was like, I didn't know you read The Dark Tower. No, I would never <laughs> so, read that's a reference for all my stephen king fans out there wow i also definitely like i remember that trailer and then i think there's a like trailer from like the next year's e3 of like um th that shows the beauty of the beast mechs uh and just also just be like wow what the fuck is this or just seeing like the shots of like raiden fighting the um the geckos just mm. being like who's this guy he's got a sword and he's fighting mechs he's a cyborg ninja yeah there were some people that they didn't include like they did not include vamp in the, mm. the the promo there uh you know because at that point I, I guess the assumption is that vamp was dead i mean even the characters are kind of shocked to see him but but uh yeah because i think and that was just two it ends with him being shot in the head and he falls into the ocean yeah which i guess um because we don't we don't see vamp again until act two so we won't even talk about him in mm. this episode a little teaser uh, but yeah so uh, that was <laughs> the mgs4 e3 trailer um Definitely like a big thing at the time because I guess also around this time would have been like this game came out after the PS3 launched, but when they showed that trailer, it would have been like right around like when they're announcing the PS3 and like because um, when did the PS3 came out? Did that come out in 06? Uh, I feel like it was. A, I feel like this was a launch title for it. Uh, 06 in Japan and then oh oh no 06 in Japan and uh, US. It was like uh, oh, okay. So so I, I think they would have been showing that trailer like a few months before the PS3 came out. And then this game would have come out like a year and a half later. Uh, I also kind of like associate this game as like a launch PS3 game, but it's probably like this happened with the 
PS4 and PS5 of like those consoles came out, but it wasn't until like a year later where like the first like big game worth owning <laughs> came out for it, you know? Um, yeah, this might have so just like, been a launch title for me in that I got yeah. it and yeah. you know, the PS3 side by side. Exactly. Like MGS4 comes out and you're like, all right, it's time to get a PS4 or PS3. Um, but yeah, so I guess for this episode, we'll be talking about the rest of, uh, of Act 1, which we can just get into because we left off where we meet the Rat Patrol. So we've got, see if I can remember, we just talked about this. <laughs> uh, we've got Meryl yes. from MGS1 um who is like kind of similar to how she is in mgs1 but definitely like a changed person we'll talk about it um there's ed who last time we we couldn't we were like who's the fourth guy uh and it's it's ed we were like is his only distinguishing feature that he's like the one black guy in the group but no apparently he's like a reference to a character from police knots which we're like not familiar with enough to have picked up on but that's his distinguishing feature then there's Jonathan, who uh, is my favorite because he's got like a like a shaved head kind of mohawk, but from the back of his head, his hair looks like an exclamation mark. Yeah, to where he sits up and it plays the alert sound. Yeah, you hear the alert sound, uh, which so far is like the only time in this game they've played that sound effect. Um, and also Meryl introduces him as like, and he doesn't like to be snuck up on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you, when you see the exclamation mark. And then there's uh, Akiba slash Johnny. Well, his, they say his real name is Johnny, but it's like, but we just call him Akiba. And it's like, why? Yeah, I, I was trying to think. I was like, is there like, I was like, is that a dog? Like, no, it's like a Shiba Inu. Like, I was like, is it like, or Akita? There's an Akita, which is another kind of dog. I was like, what, what is Akiba like a reference to? Like, the only thing I can think of is like Akihabara, but I don't think that really comes into it. So, uh but he's the one who who sneaks up on us. According to the MGS uh, uh, fandom wiki, Johnny's nickname does refer to the Akihabara district of Tokyo. Okay. I mean, I guess maybe only fucking losers go there or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Elsa also says that uh, Akiba K is a Japanese slang similar, similar in meaning to otaku. Because like, Akiba is like filled with stores where you could buy like... Mm-hmm manga and anime merchandise and stuff so, otakon would take a, a offense to that to being compared yeah but he's 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 descended of the long line of johnny's which means he's shitting all the time he's got ibs uh really shouldn't be a soldier if if you've got just shit constantly but what well and is especially um kind of like interesting in the fact that like you get all of this discussion on like uh oh we all have the nano machines that make us perfectly in sync and da 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 and it's like oh uh Johnny doesn't for some reason Johnny just does like his his emotions his body his senses they're not linked to everyone else my um we'll we'll talk we'll we'll talk about the the scene at the end of this uh, act later but my assumption is he just doesn't have the nano machines in him because well one he's not like you know like in in step uh, in mind and spirit with the rest of the rat uh, patrol but also at the end of this uh, act when like liquid does the thing that causes all the pmc soldiers to go crazy um johnny's like fine like johnny's not affected at all but the rest of the rat patrol is so my my thought was like oh does he just like not have any nano machines in him is that why he's like clumsy and uncoordinated with the rest of the the squad? 
Interesting. <laughs> I guess we'll learn more about that later. Yeah, no, I can't say anything. I know the answer, but I, I can't say anything. Right. So. But that, that to me is like what they were like kind of leading you towards. It's like, oh, he, he, he isn't coordinated like them because he just doesn't have the, the nano machines. Um, or there's, there's definitely something different about him, uh, for sure. He, uh, he shit out the nano machines. Mm, yeah, they can't stay in uh, for too long. <laughs> poop too much. Yeah. But yeah, we, we talk with Meryl. She's like, I didn't expect you to be here. Does she comment much on your age? Oh, yeah, no. So, so okay. yeah, you walk into the room, and Johnny holds you up, and Snake does the classic, I think, did Big Boss do it? Where he's, yeah, he did it to, no, someone did it at some point, where he's like, oh, you haven't even turned the safety off, or whatever, uh, and then he CQCs. Oh, that's a, that's a MGS1 callback to Meryl. Oh, okay. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Oh, right, right, yeah. The same you thing, she, she shot anyone, pulls a gun you? on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, she, uh, or he, you know, Siki sees him and she's like, oh, a, a real big boss, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Which I made a note. I was like, oh, it's cool that like everyone has the same VAs. Like it's been a while since MGS1, but, uh, and she mm-hmm. wasn't in MGS2. So I was like, oh, she's, she's back from MGS4. That's cool. But yeah, she, she literally says, what's wrong with your face? Because <laughs> she doesn't recognize us at first uh, because, you know, for one, we're from behind. And for two, it's like, you know, you're old as fuck. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, like, he's like, oh, Meryl? And she's like, Snake, what's wrong with your face? And he's like, accelerated aging. They don't know the cause. <laughs> That's right. And then at that point, it's just like, all right, well, anyway, time to talk about uh, uh, nanomachines. Uh, I feel like I had something. Oh, uh, I, I, it's funny to me that she's like, like he does CQC and she's like, oh, you're some sort of big boss, aren't you? Uh, I I have become a uh, a stan for the boss, so I won't allow for the slander. She should have said some kind of boss because mm. you know, the boss is the OG CQC master. But she the boss is lost time. So I guess that's true. That sucks. They should like build statues to her or whatever. That's what I would do. As as Ava said, uh, uh, she'd be like a traitor to the West that like betrayed her country, and then to the East, a monster. Oh yeah, that's a right, nuclear yeah. bomb. But forever in my heart. Mm. But uh, Snake uh, mentions that he's there on the colonel's orders, uh, to which Meryl is not fucking happy. Because uh, as of MGS1, we all were told that she is the colonel's niece. Apparently, at some point, uh, it was established that it is that, that Meryl is her... Or his uh, daughter. Yeah, she kind of implies in this conversation that like, oh, I just called him my uncle because I couldn't stand to refer to him as my dad Hmm. kind of thing, which definitely feels like a retcon of like, that's not what they intended when they made MGS1, but is also like a plausible retcon of like, okay, sure. Yeah, you you clearly have like a sordid relationship with him. So sure, it makes sense that you would distance yourself in that way. Yeah. And then Um, this is also where we get a reveal where she's like, Yo, he's he he remarried to to someone who is like my age, and and we don't yeah. learn who then, but we learn who later. Yep, we do later, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yep, Kurt Campbell is a monster. Yes, uh, but I feel like we have to we have to save that discussion for another time because there's a lot to say about that, <laughs> um, and specifically the scene we learn uh, who he married. Uh, but yeah, she's like mad that we're working for Campbell. She like doesn't want to talk about him. Um, we like skirt around what we're here to do though uh that we're here to assassinate liquid if we can we just kind of let her know like oh we need to go to liquid's base like where's liquid take me to liquid i'm definitely not going to kill him 
Yeah, because they're like UN investigators of PMCs, because that's kind of like what's happening right now mm -hmm. is like the PMCs are becoming a big enough thing that like they, they need to be like the UN is weighing in on whether or not they could be continued allowed allowed to continue to operate. Yeah. So they have um, these PM these PMC investigators uh, that that Rat Patrol one is is a member of uh, or or like part of that. So they're like. We can't do anything, Snake. But, like, if you go... Ooh. Yeah. I guess it's it's worth mentioning that, like, the UN does seem to have, like, a vested interest in, like, like or, like, reining in the PMCs a little bit. Like, Colonel, the Colonel Campbell is, like, with the UN at this point. Because that's right, what he's right. been up to since, since the Big Shell. Um, he's, like, I forget what part of the UN, but he's part of some sort of, you know, like, peace, peace council or something like that. Um, and then the, the rat patrol is also, uh, like part of like the UN, they, they kind of set up that like there, there were like six or seven different rat patrols. Like this is rat patrol one. There was like rat patrols two through six or whatever. Uh, but all of those have been wiped out <laughs> mm. under like mysterious circumstances or something like that. I don't know if that'll, that'll come up later or not. Uh, the big thing here though is like, like Meryl gives us like the lowdown on the, uh, the system. Or the SOP, the Sons of the Patriots. Right. Which, which is, is basically like, hey, there's like a system in place to track and control the movements of every single soldier. Yeah. And what's funny, I think at one point Snake says, like, are the Patriots behind it? I'm like, what do you mean? It's called the Sons of the Patriot system. Yeah. To which Meryl is like either like confused why he would ask that or doesn't know what he's talking about when he says the Patriots. Hey, wait a minute. Well, no, she says Sons of the Patriots. I'm like, okay. She, she doesn't say the lot lately, lately, low. Right. Uh, keeping track of that. But yeah, we get like a whole lowdown on like on that and the idea that like they're taking data on like everything about the soldiers. And that's kind of why like, oh, the Rat Patrol can work together so well because like their nano machines are like sharing information with one another to like keep them in tandem and keep their bodies in check or whatever. Oh, I guess we'll have more to say about that stuff as the game goes on, but seems fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Seems, seems not good. To the point where it's like, they, they say like, we share senses, we soldiers are but one soul, or like, it, it's it's literally like they can see through each other's eyes all at once, which like, mm -hmm. the worst version of the end of Evangelion, uh, where mm, everyone yes. becomes LCL, but they're also soldiers. Um, Like, it's so deeply fucked. Like, the whole world is deeply fucked. Like, at one point, they say the war economy led to the need for cost-effective elite soldiers, which is, like, the whole thing of, like, well, if we can just basically, like, sh shoot someone full of nanomachines that just makes them into an elite soldier because it, like, gives them all the experience of everyone around them, it's like, well, clearly that's the easiest way, uh, which also they kind of hint at, like, that extends to children, too. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, stinky. Mm. Yeah, hey, remember... Raiden and his whole child soldier experience that totally wasn't uh, extremely traumatizing and fuck that dude up forever <laughs> right well and we get the whole thing later when they talk about like basically all of like the nanomachines keep your emotions in check right uh, and so when when you know, not to jump ahead too much when liquid does what he does basically he's making someone feel like decades or years or whatever of like psychological trauma all at once like holy fuck yeah the the nanomachines basically help like put like a like a psychic wall up for people to like not have to think about the stuff they're doing as soldiers and then like, that all gets shredded away in an instant 
like yeah of course you would start like yelling and screaming and shooting into the air and or have your heart literally just stop from the stress yeah i think it's here in meryl's like uh uh cutscene about the system where she like like there's mention of like Oh, and it like it's replaced like the virtual training that was all the rage a couple years back. You know, thinking about like Raiden doing the VR missions mm-hmm. to train for uh, Big Shell. Um, but it also like I think it's interesting because it feels like a like MGS One was like Snake gets injected with nano machines that like keep his body fed and keep his like senses alert and all this kind of stuff. And MGS Four is now like okay, but what if we gave that to everybody and like infected the like infected the world with it? And also, it's like and it, not just like an invasion of privacy, but like an invasion of like body uh, like uh, autonomy, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like incredibly fucked up. But I think like a cool thing to do to like take this thing that was like a thing that empowered the player in the first game and be like, all right, but what if that was like a like a, a basically like a plague <laughs> upon society? Um, think it's cool uh but we get more touches on like what's going on with the patriots and the system like as the game goes along yeah uh then we get attacked by i guess you said they're called frogs yep the frogs liquids like liquids like personal battalion of super soldiers which are all female i don't know why necessarily yeah i don't i don't even think it's ever really touched on just like a weird little quirk of it there's definitely a lot going on with um women and women's bodies in the, in this game so maybe we'll have a clear sense of where that's all going by the end but it's definitely a thing that they decided to do for this game um they also turn into like ghosts when they die my i feel i don't know if they ever say that explicitly or if it's just like my read of it but my read of it is that they're so chock full of nano machines that it's basically all that's holding them together kind of thing uh. And like that's like when they die, they just like become like dusted nano machines. I don't know if it's ever said or if I'm just picking that up, but that's that's my vibe. I also feel like there's a thing where like when you kill like normal enemies, like they do just like disappear after a while, like their bodies. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I am just thinking of the frogs disappearing. It's mm. weird though. Um, not in a bad way, but just like a again, like you turn a corner in this game and some weird shit's happening. You're like, why is that happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, then we like fight our way out of this building, which I thought was really cool. Um, there's uh, lots of times in these games where I just think like the game design is really solid. Where like you get to explore this building prior when there's like no enemies in it. Um, and then you get to fight your way out of it afterwards. So it's like, you've already like contextualized the space and you kind of know how the, the building wraps around itself uh kind of thing as you're fighting your way out of it like i thought that was cool mm-hmm. just reminded me of like a lot of sequences in like call of duty games that are like this but call of duty doesn't ever do the thing where like you set up or maybe it does but not often where you set up the space ahead of time and then go okay now you're gonna fight your way out of here um yeah the closest i can think cool. of is like the snowfield mission in two uh call of duty modern warfare 2 mm. uh where you're like oh you sneak in and then you have to fight your way out or yeah um maybe like all geelied up but that's not like going back to the same space but still like similar idea i guess but yeah it's uh it's good i like that johnny's like incompetence kind of comes into the the gameplay as well like you're trying to make your way through and at one point johnny gets knocked out because like a wall falls on him you have to like wake him up because he set the trap to that like is blocking your exit he said all the traps. I guess that's his thing. Is he's like he's like the trap guy. Yeah, I also like the like this game. Like all the stuff we talked about last time. Like you can go through guns blazing, or you can kind of like sneak your way around. Like it gives you 
all the options. I like that this game does just have like a, a section where it's like, no, you're just, you just have to shoot the guys in this one. <laughs> um, I think it's fun to kind of like force that combat on the player, especially because like the gunplay is so like more fleshed out in this one. Yeah. Than previous games, not just in terms of like the shooting feeling better, the like camera controls being like a way more refined version of um, MGS three subsistence. Um, but also like uh, there's just more guns and there's more diversity and you can like upgrade your guns and um, you know, like the guns feel very different and not just like, Oh, these two machine machine guns feel the same, but this one does more damage or this one I have bullets for, which is kind of how they were in the other games. So I, I enjoy the, uh, the gunplay so far. And also like, uh, I don't know if you've used it at all, but I like that there's just like an auto lock on feature that you can toggle. I don't know if I've used it or not. You like press square to turn it on or off, and some weapons have it, some don't. Though I think most have it. Yeah. Um, where like if you're um close enough to an enemy for it to register, if you like press L one, it'll like automatically target the enemy. Um, like it automatically train you on the enemy. Um, and then you can just press R one to fire. Very helpful for a later boss fight in the next act, <laughs> I will say. But uh, I think it's cool that it has that because that feels like a feature the other games could have used because the aiming felt so finicky at times in um, uh, the previous three games. Um, I also just dig features like that where like it's it doesn't like break the game, but it makes it a little bit less like uh, reduces some of the friction. I guess right. is the way I'd put it. And like it's totally optional. Like, and you can it, you can toggle it on and off. You can also, I think, in the menu, like in the settings menu, just straight up turn it off, where even the toggle doesn't do anything anymore. Um, if you're like, no, I don't want auto aim. Uh, but I made that that also made this more like enjoyable to me because like when the the frogs, I guess maybe that's why they're called frogs because they like sometimes like stick to the wall and stuff. Um, the auto aim was like helpful for that to not have to worry about like aiming laterally you can just kind of auto lock onto them yeah and going back to your thing about like how everything feels kind of different like i think i did most of this battle with non-lethal not because i was going for anything but because i was on like a high difficulty they had a lot of health if you hit them with one trank bullet though after some time they're gonna pass out uh so mm -hmm. i end up kind of using that as like a pop my head up hit one go back down and then after a few seconds they're they're taken care of uh so and then i think i ran out of ammo and i didn't realize you could buy ammo from the oh, yeah. drebin shop so then i switched to a, a rifle or whatever but yeah it's a, a different ways of of uh kind of doing the same uh process uh and, and once we make it through the building we get to see our war criminal queens the the, the beauty and the beast core yes which I guess we, we learn later that's what they're called, but there's four of them. They've got, like, cyber mech suits. Mm -hmm. Which Drebin mentions that they can't live outside of. Yeah, he's, well, he's like, or he thinks some he, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like a rumor, like, some say they'll, they'll just die if they leave their, uh, their thing. Um, but we learn more about them and what's going on with them later, but we just kind of see them now. It's also very cool because the first one you see is the hound one, like the the wolf, which you could think is like you could be fooled into thinking is like the um, the geckos of like oh this is like a autonomous like mech. Mm -hmm. um, but then you see I don't know which one you see first, but you also see uh, the raven one, which is like flying around, and you can kind of tell like oh that's like a bird, but there's also like a person like in right. there, like the shape of a person underneath the wings. Uh, then you also see the 
uh, Mantis one, which is clearly just like a person in like a like a mechanized suit. And then you see the octopus, which is also the same of just like, oh, yeah, that's just like Doc Ock. That's just like a person with Doc Ock noodle arms. I think their designs are cool. I think it's a little bit weird that like, I mean, we learn more about why, but that just like, uh, I guess like we could say their names, like there's laughing octopus and she just like does a lot of laughing. <laughs> and then there's uh, screaming mantis, right? Screaming yeah, screaming, screaming mantis. Uh, who screams, and then the wolf is crying, crying wolf. wolf yep. Who cries, and then raging raven, who just shouts rage. Mm-hmm. Which is the most like video game ass thing to me in the world of like <laughs> uh, of just like enemy that just says one word over and over again. Um, like what's the Sonic O Six uh, Silver Fight one where he just says like. Uh, I forget what he says, but he says like the same thing over and over and over again because it's it's a video game and you just you give the character one line, um, but it's just like very silly <laughs> to me in a way that I don't think was intended, uh, or maybe it was. But I think their designs are cool. I like the idea of like I don't know if this game has like a proper ass Metal Gear. I'm sure it does, but these kind of read to me as like, oh, the Metal Gears are people now, you know. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they don't launch nukes, but it's like, uh, oh, that that technology has like come for people. Um, yeah, what's interesting so, is that it's kind of like I said last episode. It's kind of blending MGS three with MGS one, like the emotions of battle mm, plus the animals of, of one. That's true. Someone I think I think it's later on, but someone does, I think it's Drebin is like, oh yeah, they they bring the emotions with, uh, that they carry to battle with them, uh, like the sorrow and the pain and the fury, <laughs> like this lists off all the bosses from uh, MGS3. And then obviously the animals are all themed around uh, MGS4, or MGS1. Uh, so finally getting some decoy octopus uh, action. <laughs> Screaming, so crying, oh, it's been 20 years, finally. I can eat. Yeah, <laughs> join us next time where when we can decide if it was worth it <laughs> to bring back the octopus <laughs> but yeah my notes i'm really like oh doc ock is here yeah that's uh, <laughs> my notice also just they seem normal yeah i, I can fix them uh yeah. but, uh we get split up with meryl like meryl goes off and does her own thing though we do get we do call her later at one point she has the same codec number as uh, before, mm. which is neat. Yeah. Um, but essentially, we make our way over to Liquid's encampment. Uh, again, we're about to blast that motherfucker. And then Liquid Ocelot says into his radio, like, activate it. And everyone goes sicko mode. Yeah, we also see a woman in it uh, with him wearing, like, a kind of like a veil or, like, a shroud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we later see that uh, it's Naomi. Yep. Naomi, what's her last name? Hunter. Hunter. My brain just wants to autofill Naomi Watts, and it's like, nope, that's mm. a real person. <laughs> um, but yeah, like all the all the soldiers go crazy. It's not clear, right? Like what he activates. Right. Just says like activate it. And do we hear like a sound or something? Is there like a siren or something? It, it's not like off? a siren. There's like a sound that it kind of sounds like a, like a thwop 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 thwop, where it's kind of like. It's not, but it's not like diegetic. I th- I don't think. I think it's supposed to kind of be like just like oh, okay. general, like, like oh, this yeah. is happening kind of sound. Because I have, I didn't, I didn't get this uh, the, uh, the theory that I have until Act Two, so I'll save it for then. But I do have a a theory about what's going on there, uh, the, since it hasn't hasn't been explained. By Act Two, they do kind of talk a little bit more, where they're like, oh, it's it's not ready yet, boss. The like the emotions are still out of control or or something like that uh, mm. but yeah it's not explicitly said yet 
what's what's happening. Yeah. But it's like this wild scene and Snake also seems to be affected by it, but not like I don't know, it's weird. Because he's like he's like trying to shoot liquid, but like because of everything going on, he's like having trouble aiming. Mm. Um, but he's not going full on like psychotic breakdown like all the other soldiers are. Yeah, so, my so that's interesting. My gut is that like if if he hadn't gotten like you had said like earlier, like everyone goes crazy except for Johnny because he, he might not have the nano machines in him. Like if Snake hadn't gotten the shot from Drebin, would he have been oh, yeah. fine? I don't know. But also the fact that. Like, if everyone is kind of being accosted by their, like, emotions, I feel like Snake doesn't, it's not like he doesn't have emotions, but he's, like, come to terms with it. So I feel like yeah. his, like, oh, I'm, I'm so ooh-ouchy is literally, like, because his body is falling apart. He, he says at one point to, to Meryl, like, oh, yeah, my sneaking suit doubles as a muscle suit. Yeah. Uh, like, it's holding him together, kind of, which is buck wild. But yeah, we get to see our boy, uh, Liquid Ocelot. He says brother. Does say brother. He's there. Yeah, I have all in my notes, all caps, brother. Yeah. I also have, is that supposed to be Naomi? And then like, oh, yep, confirmed for Naomi. Because mm-hmm. she, she comes up to you and she injects you with something that like takes the edge off of the um, the psychic attack or whatever. Right. Which we get more of a backstory of what was in that syringe once we get to act two. But um, yeah. But yeah. And then Johnny uh, comes up and saves us. Shout out to him. Yeah. Which where I noted like, hey, interesting that uh, he's not affected mm-hmm. very notable and then yeah that's that's the end of act one is there there's nothing else after that it's just like no you literally like pass out and that's it yeah and then we we get to save and i forgot to take a picture of my final uh final mission report for act two but i did take a picture for act one my total play time was three hours and ten minutes Ooh, i think mine was like two and a half i think i messaged you what it was but mm. Because uh, I did not take a photo of the Act 1, but I did take a photo of Act 2. Oh. Uh, but Act 1, plus its briefing, for I said, took about 2 hours 45. Yeah. I had a single continue. I'm trying to think when I died. I think I probably like, ran out in front of that tank tank in that one section. Oh. Got. got, got. <laughs> um, I had 23 alerts, which is a lot. <laughs> but I got a bonus for no special items used. Oh, I think I did five, too. 5,000 5, uh, DP. Driven points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as many interesting stats on. Uh, you don't get like a rank uh, at the end of the act. I assume you get a rank at the end of the game, right? They still yeah. kept that in. Yeah. yeah. And I think you can get more than one in one go. Like if you if you get like one of the special ones and one of the uh, like normal ones, you can get both of them. But but I I don't remember for sure. You used to not be able to get um, uh, trophies for this game, but you but they patched that in like way later. Like you, huh. Like, three years after release or something like that is that because their like trophies weren't a thing then so trophies were added to the psn august 2009 oh and so it just like took three years or so from the release of trophies for them to patch them in see again like uh i i i chose the other path in this console generation and got an xbox 360 and that that had like achievements from like day one that was right, like right. The, the thing so i guess like sony had to like adjust and be like oh shit everyone's freaking out about these achievements we've got to, we've got to implement our own system <laughs> trophies yeah definitely i think the only the only trophies i've gotten so far in this game are for completing the acts like act one and act two 
And then I got another trophy in Act 2 that I will save for when we talk about Act 2. Because I was like, hey, wait, what? <laughs> like, most of this game, I was like, hey, what? wait a minute, what? <laughs> um, but I got a trophy for doing a thing. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was Act 1, I guess. I'm re- I mean, I'm sure you can tell from this episode and the previous one, but I'm really having a good time with this game so far. Um, this is a very interesting, like, not what I was expecting. Um, but I also don't know what I was expecting. Mm. Uh, I feel like this this game had the reputation for me of just like it's the big showy one or the first big showy one because it was on the PS3 and they were really highlighting like the graphical capability of the PS3 and also it was like meant to like finish the story of Solid Snake and also uh, this game's always had the reputation for me of like can you believe just how many cutscenes this game has and how long they are. So I feel like for the longest time in my mind, this game was just like, oh, it's like 90% cutscene, and I guess sometimes you play the game, but there's not much game to it, and like that's not true at all. There's just as much game as there is cutscene. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But also, we, we, we talked about this off mic of like, feels like this is the one Metal Gear, like main Metal Gear Solid game that people just don't talk about as much as the rest. And yeah, there's some stuff in Act 2 that starts to rear its head of like, okay, maybe there's reasons why people don't want to talk about this one, but like, <laughs> I think it's really interesting. I think it's very fun to play. Um, probably, like, so far up to what we played, like, I would still put MGS3 a little bit ahead in terms of the gameplay, but, like, this one's probably above 2 and 1 for me, um, at least up to this part of the game. Yeah, I would say strictly on gameplay, it would go 3, 4, 2, 1 for me. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. If 4 had a stamina gauge like 3, I would put it above 3, but... Uh, mm. And also, I kind of like the manual changing of camo in three, but I also like the octo camo in this. But yeah, yeah, I really like the octo uh, camo. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun uh, to like hug the wall and change color and stuff like that. Be like a chameleon. Um, I feel like I had another thing to say before we wrap up. Oh, I had a couple of random like miscellaneous things. So like, uh, one thing I think is interesting about this game is whenever you get to the end of a cutscene, it does make you like resume the game. Like yeah. it doesn't just like launch back into the game. I appreciate that a lot. It's nice to be like, all right, I just watched the cutscene. Let me go take a break and like pour a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom or whatever. It feels like for a game with long cutscenes, it really like respects your time in that way of just be like, hey, do you need to take a break before you like pick this back up? Well, and some something that we haven't talked about. Yeah, because we haven't met her, but, like, with when we t- call Rose on the codec, uh, sometimes she talks about, like, Snake, you know, hey, Snake, be sure to, you know, lay down every so often or whatever. Uh, mm. But occasionally we'll talk to the player of, like, hey, like, uh, you know, it hurts, like, sometimes it hurts your eyes to look at a screen for so long. Be sure every hour to take ten minutes to just look outside or whatever. Yeah. Uh, these games love to be like, hey, kids, don't sit too close to the TV. Yeah, kind of wild. Like it, it. Miller did that in uh, MGS One. Uh, I don't know if anyone did it in MGS Two. I feel like it happened in MGS Three that like someone was like, "Oh, be sure to not stress yourself out." Like paramedic was like, "Oh, be sure not to you know overburden yourself, snake or whatever." Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Shout out to Kojima for <laughs> looking out with people. Yeah. Like and like on the install screen because you have to like install the game before you actually play it. Uh, like occasionally it'll be like, "Hey, don't smoke, kids." Like. Or littering is bad. Be sure to always throw away your cigarette butts if you smoke or whatever. Respect that about Kojima that he's clearly like, uh, okay, there's nothing cooler in the world than a hardened uh, person that likes to smoke. But also, smoking's bad for you. Don't do it in real life. Just put it in your video games. Uh, I respect that. Um, The other thing, too, is um, 
uh, there's a little bit of both of these things of like, uh, in the other games, I kept having it happen to me where like cutscenes would go on for so long that my controller would shut off mm. and then gameplay would resume and oh, I'd have no. to like turn the controller <laughs> back on. Uh-huh. Um, that was definitely a problem. And this one, less of a problem because, um, uh, like I said, it makes you like resume at the end of a cutscene. So if my controller has turned off, that's my chance to turn it back on. But also because there's like the press X to have flashback button um one that helps like not have the controller turn off because like you are hitting buttons or like the mission briefings because those are interactive and you can like change views and go into the mark ii and stuff like that like less likely that your controller is going to turn off during those cutscenes. um but it still definitely happened to me at least once where like the press x to have a flashback button came up and my controller had turned off so i had to like (laughs) turn it back on and by the time it's back on like I, i missed the button prompt or whatever um, but that that definitely uh, has happened less in this game, which is um, uh, appreciated. All right. Well, I guess that does it for Act One. There's there's how many acts in this game? Five, six, five. Okay, five acts like a like a Shakespeare play. Oh my god, Metal Gear Solid better than Shakespeare. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, cool, because Kojima right. is real, as we know from uh, Roland Emmerich. Uh, Shakespeare not real. Mm. Very true. All right. Well, that'll do it for us for this time. Uh, next time we'll be talking about Act Two, which is called Solid Sun. We had Liquid Sun. Next is Solid Sun. Will Will we get Solidus Sun? Oh my Who god! Can say? Some sort of <laughs> in between between liquid and solid. Um. All right. Well, until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at GrindMyMGS. Uh, you can follow us on co-host uh, at GMMG. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chai, and you can follow our sister podcast uh, at Under the Kotatsu, where we're talking about anime. Uh, Danny, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Cover Me in Sauce with dashes between each uh, word on co-host, uh, and that's it, actually. <laughs> nice. Well, until next time, uh, you know, uh, just be aware that uh, you're 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 being controlled and uh, manipulated by the system. Sorry. I hate to break it to you. Yep, and we all have one soul, one, yep. one sense. The Patriots are making you listen to this podcast, and me and Danny are like a nano machine linked, and uh, we're just finishing each other's sentences all the time, famously, because we're nano bond, nano bonded. Nano bondage has become the norm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Peace. Uh, say man, hey, no.